follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and we're kicking off a new show here in the dog days of June. We're going to be talking about NBA Finals, wrapping up the U.S. Open at Marion, a little baseball, and a little sports medicine. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Spencer the Wizard Grossinger. And let's launch right into an analysis of the NBA Finals. How are you guys doing? It's nice to be back on the show. A lot has happened between the last time that I've spoken to y'all and, and this episode that's um, going on right now. Um, so um, without further ado, I want to talk about the whole series as a whole. Um, you had the first five games of the series not being very close. Any of the games, really, except for maybe game one, where that was kind of a dogfight to the end with San Antonio holding off Miami. After game four with Dwayne Wade going off for 30 points and then LeBron James coming back, those two just look like freak athletes. Dwayne Wade, that, that reminded me of the Dwayne Wade of old that used to be the top th- in the top three in the NBA. Um, in, in really playing basketball. So um, he reminded me of 9 08 Dwayne Wade um, in, in game four. And I thought San Antonio would be uh, in need of uh, in need of some offense and in need of some help in game five. It looked like the Heats cracked the code by playing aggressively. But then the Spurs came out in, uh, in game five, and Danny Green and Manu Ginobili played out of their minds. Uh, the Spurs were confident, fed off the home crowd. And uh, and then the Spurs then had a 3-2 lead, and that was in Game 6 when Tim Duncan dominated the first half, but then was a little more indecisive in the second half. The Heat made nice adjustments on doubling on Tim Duncan, and he struggled a little bit more. And then Miami surged back in the fourth quarter. You had LeBron James getting to the rim at will. You had him taking a lot of free throws in the fourth quarter. He was attacking, which he should have been doing the whole series. And... Um, then the Spurs and Miami were really in a dogfight in Game 6. Then Miami played a really poor couple of minutes, and San Antonio had a great chance to clinch the series. They were up by 6 with about with about 40 seconds to go. 
LeBron misses a three. They don't get the offensive rebound. They then reward him another wide open three, which any NBA player, if they get two open threes, should hit. And then that the greatest player right now in basketball is taking those two shots. He's bound to hit one of them. He does clutchly hit the second one. Um, And then you have the Spurs again failing to get a rebound, which leads to a Ray Allen three. And with 19 seconds left, you're up by three. Um, I want to ask you, Bruce, uh, would would you foul with 19 seconds left, or would you play it out and force them to try to shoot a tough three-pointer when you're up by three with 19 seconds? Well, I would uh, would play tough D. I'd try to deny the three-pointer, obviously not foul. Uh, not not fell on the three-point line on purpose. And if you look at the way it played out, Spurs had great defense, and it, it just came down to a final desperation shot. Well, not desperation. It was a good square-up shot by Ray Allen. And I think it just goes to uh, the greatness of Ray Allen, and it's a good lesson for all the kids. How many times when Ray Allen gets to the arena every day, he takes 30, 40, 50 shots from the same area, of the baseline and many times he doesn't get that shot but this is just one time it was automatic it was muscle memory the ball came in his hands he didn't think he just put it up and it was perfect and that really uh sent him into overtime and that that really was the clutch shot really that made the series and in game seven you look at lebron james 37 points tying a record spence a world record for Game 7 to the NBA Finals. So uh, I think you're seeing LeBron distinguish himself, second ring, MVP of the season, and dominating. And you also see the San Antonio Spurs. You see um, just a little bit running out of gas. You see Tony Parker, who was defended by LeBron, and adequately so. Manu Ginobili, overall a bad series, one or two good games. And you can see how the Spurs are, are fading out a bit. And I'm, I just don't necessarily think they're going to get back. And Miami's just surging ahead with just good chemistry. And Dwayne Wayne, you know, took a shot. I don't know if you knew this, but he took a cortisone shot right before Game 7 just to enable him to play. So Wade's knees are really shot. There's, there's a lot of degenerative disease. And, and he plays in a lot of pain. And you just wonder how much more is there in in one of these, either at the end of this year or one of these years, Dwayne Wayne's just going to call it quits and because his knees are really uh, much older than he is chronologically. But you have to hand it to the Heat. They, uh, they took care of business. And I, I'm not one to really root for the favorites in sports. And in this case, I kind of was pulling for the Spurs, but we, we respect LeBron James. And uh, they managed to accomplish what everybody thought they were going to get done. Well, I happen to think, uh, I happen to differ from your opinion a little bit. I, I agree that LeBron James dominated the finals. I think LeBron's at the top of his game. But you look at Chris Bosh, he didn't score any points in Game 7. Um, this whole series, he's kind of been limited to shooting outside jumpers. I know his health is fine, but inside, Tim Duncan really abused Bosh in the low post. 
And uh, you look at the Spurs in Game 6, if they would have fouled Ray Allen before he could shoot that three-pointer, simply get a rebound, the Heat wouldn't have had a chance to tie the game. I just think it was poor rebounding on the Spurs. I mean, if you're an NBA team, you just got to come up with some rebounds. You just got to make winning plays, or you got to at least foul them. You shouldn't allow them to shoot four three-pointers in a span of 20 seconds. Um, that's what I think is kind of absurd about the situation. Greg Popovich didn't use any timeouts. He just let Ginobili and Parker run wild for drastic heaves to win the game. Um, and I think Ginobili made a lot of turnovers. I think the Spurs should have won the game in six, like I predicted. Um, you know, once I knew that Miami won game six, they had so much momentum. They could really taste it. They could really see the finish line. I think Chalmers is a really solid player. I think Miller and Battier. I think the team has a lot of role players. Chris Anderson, I think, is a really, he really played well as long. You know, you don't have to like Chris Anderson, his tattoos, his flamboyant personality, but you have to admit that he's a hustle guy he's athletic he can get rebounds and he's just such a strong role player such a strong glue guy for a center just doing all the plays that he needs to do to enable them to win but the point I wanted to make before I hand this back to you is I don't think Miami's going to win another championship because of what you said I think Dwayne Wade is aging um, you saw how sluggish he was for three out of the four games in the finals. The Heat even had trouble with Indiana. I think that the Eastern Conference this year was one of the worst Eastern Conferences we've seen in quite a while. You know, imagine LeBron James going against the bad boy Pistons or against the 2004 Pistons with Chauncey, Richard Hamilton, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace. Imagine LeBron James in these Heat going against Jason Kidd, Jefferson, Martin, um, the Nets of the early 2000s, the the Celtics, Walk, Antoine Walker, Paul Pierce. Imagine LeBron James going against and the Heat going against those teams. I don't think they would have gotten out of the East this year. And I think that the NBA right now is a little bit down on, um, you know, you're putting a lot of players on one good team and the league isn't as well versed but I just think wait you got to give credit to Miami winning two championships is a feat in any form of the of the league but I think Wade is aging. I think Bosch won't be as, as much of a presence. I think that Riley's going to have to, to switch around some pieces. I don't see Miami just hurtling on LeBron to win another championship. I think it's soon this team's going to turn into the Cleveland Cavs of 08. That's how I see this team going. Well, today's news, which today's Monday, we go to press tomorrow really has to do with the team, the Miami Heat, wanting to uh, convince Ray Allen to, uh, to sign again. So that's a big story. And um, the, the news is Chris Bosh and the team really want him to sign. He is a, an unrestricted free agent, so he could really go anywhere. And apparently when they had their parade, they had two, two of the biggest cheers were for Chris Anderson and Ray Allen, as well as the big three. Uh, they also have money they have to put aside for Mario Chalmers. I believe it's in the neighborhood of three, three point five million. He's their starting point guard. So the um, the Heat have some work to do. And um, it, Ray Allen was very noncommittal at the end. He he wasn't it wasn't clear he's going to return at all. But um, but Bosch came out very strongly in the news today and said uh, there's really no decision. We we really we want him back and. Again, he's a big part of it. Chris Anderson is, is a role player. 
And a lot of the older guys on the team, like Battier, uh, Mike Miller, and some of those guys, I think might be moving on because if they do focus on Chalmers and uh, and Allen and Anderson, there's there's only a certain amount of money to be spent. So um, I think that's what's going on. And now we're really looking at post-NBA finals and how teams are restructuring. And there's a lot of discussion about the NBA draft, and no doubt we're going to have a show next week, and we're going to be talking about that. So um, we thank you all for listening to the first segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. Stay tuned. We'll be back in three minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm with our sports analyst, Spencer the Wizard Grossinger. There's a story that was very troubling that splashed across the news this week. I think it merits discussion in our next segment. It has to do with tight end Aaron Hernandez. 23 years old. Just signed a new contract. $18 million signing bonus. With Rom Gronkowski, as we've, uh, as we've covered his fourth surgery, multiple fractures of his forearm, and also a back surgery. Gronk isn't coming back anytime soon. And you look at Hernandez, a bright star. 
he came to us from the University of Miami. When I say us, I'm talking about the NFL Football League. I'm using the royal we. I have nothing to do with the league, actually. And um, there are some issues. And, and he fell in the draft. Hernandez uh, was associated with some marijuana when he was at Florida. There's some question about his character. And this week, the news is that a man was murdered. I believe his name is Olin Lloyd, 27-year-old semi-pro linebacker who was dating somebody who was related to Aaron Hernandez's uh, kid. So um, somewhat removed, but yet dating somebody. This was somebody who was known to Hernandez. And the story was that there are four guys in this town in the suburbs of Boston, and they went out for a night. And there was a a video camera capturing a snapshot of of Hernandez and the guy who was killed eventually. The body was found a few miles away from Hernandez's home and then some very suspicious pieces of evidence. The fact that Hernandez smashed his cell phone, destroyed very fancy home security system, and also, uh, allegedly I should say, hired a team of people to, uh, to clean his home. This was the day after the murder. So it leads you to think, and that's certainly we could speculate here. Number one, let's lead off by saying that in this country, this great country, you're innocent until proven guilty. So you're presumed innocent. But nonetheless, we can still try to analyze this and look at the facts and imagine what happened. From my standpoint, what if two scenarios are likely? One is that Hernandez knew who killed this guy, one, maybe one of the two other guys, and that he perhaps tried to cover for one of his friends, and by doing so destroyed evidence and tampered with evidence. As we go to press on Monday night, there hasn't been an arrest yet, although there's rumors that, for, that Hernandez will be arrested at minimum for obstructing justice. Another bit of breaking news, the uh, FBI allegedly uh, searched a pond near this house. And presumably they were looking for perhaps a murder weapon or some other evidence. They were also looking for a mirror in Fernandez's car, a truck that was uh, that was found without this mirror. They want to know where it is and whether they could link that to the uh, the crime scene. So we have somebody's in trouble, and it reminds me of uh, Ray Carruth, who actually committed murder. Different story. It also reminds me of O.J. Simpson going years back before you were aboard Spence when O.J. was uh, involved in a trial about killing two people, his wife and, and a friend, in the big uh, media circus that transpired. So the Patriots are not really saying anything. NFL is, is monitoring the situation, and we're just waiting for news to come out, for indictments to come out. So real sad that, that somebody who has everything is now tied to a murder. Of a, of a you know of a person twenty seven year old. The story is you know the worst for the for uh, you know Mr. Lloyd who's um, now who's now dead um, and of course for his family that has to deal with the loss. So that's what we have to um, remember first in this matter that we're dealing with today or that we're dealing with this week and uh, you know if Aaron Hernandez you know destroying property. You know, that makes me think, you know, without with just speculating that, 
if he was completely innocent, then why would you destroy the tape? Why would you destroy tape of um, of something if, if you're an innocent guy? And Hernandez has everything to gain with playing football, and he, you know, it lives, you know, and I'm guessing in a decent home. You know, I think he, um, his profession has given him money. Um, I, I don't know about his personal family life, whether he's secure in that or not. Um, it's just really startling to hear this this kind of news, and uh, we're gonna definitely our job, you know, here with Bruce the Sports Doc, our task is to give you what's going on um, in sports and with with news. And um, right now, this is definitely a story that's out there. Hernandez is a prominent tight end in football, um, and it, who cares really? about the impact of this football you should uh, about Aaron Hernandez you shouldn't even really be analyzing his role with New England you should be thinking about Mr. Lloyd who's now not with us anymore and when I mean us I mean like a living creature I mean the guy is he's not he's not alive he's dead and uh you know that's something that uh is no joking matter so this is a very serious situation and uh, we're going to see how this pretty much plays out because all we can do right now is speculate. You heard all the facts here on our show. And, um, and yeah. Well, we're going to switch gears to um, obviously anything after that story is, uh, is a step up with respect to levity and also joy because that's, that's a very sad, ominous story. I think that we should uh, – last week we, we had a week off from our show. And uh, I'd like to recap the U.S. Open at Marion, uh, one of the greatest events in the Philadelphia area in the last 50 years. We were in attendance for uh, rounds three and four. And Spencer, is uh, he wears the hat of golf analyst and uh, like him to analyze uh, Justin Rose's victory and in, in, in how he saw it down the stretch. Well, Justin Rose, um, ever since 1989 um, at Royal Birkdale as a teenager, has has really taken on the uh has really taken on the spotlight as a uh as a as a British golfer. I'm from the United Kingdom. He, he was born in South Africa and then he grew up in, in, in London, I believe, his whole his, the rest of his life or the rest of his childhood and uh you could just see from Justin Rose's swing, even before Sean Foley's teaching that this guy uh, is a natural golfer. He's thin, he's six foot two, but his swing is one of the sweetest on tour. And you know, Rose really um what's really taken him to the next level I think is his short game. And his potting. He's always been a really solid ball, a striker of the ball, a really solid, uh, you know, long iron player. But his driving and putting is really what separated him. And, you know, I could definitely see this coming. He's been in contention several times. He's been playing better over the last uh, four years. And, and Sean Foley, um, his teacher, is really connected with Rose. And you could see by the, the kind of quotes that Foley has on him. Even Foley said during Father's Day, he said to Justin, he said, be the man that your father wanted you to be. And so you could see that Sean Foley is not only just a golf teacher, but he's more of a friend, a dear friend that's almost like family to Justin Rose. And working with a guy that you could trust that much could, could go a long way in life. And, you know, it's really fortunate if you ever meet somebody of a coach or a teacher that you consider really a friend and an ally other than just in a business-like manner that can go a long way and Justin Rose is one of the sweetest swings um, he keeps it in the slot on the downswing he hits the ball a good way 
great spin control. The kid has all the shots. But in golf, you know, it's so, it, it, you know, the lack of error. There's so many guys out there that have really pure swings like Justin Rose. It's all about putting in that extra work. It's all about just getting that putting down, hitting your birdie putts when you have the opportunity. And, uh, and Justin Rose really seized the moment. You know, Phil Mickelson had the tournament. In his lap, um, he struggled during the front nine, but then he cupped. You saw he, you saw Phil Mickelson cup a shot for eagle on the tenth hole. The crowd was riling with Phil, and uh, and then on thirteen he struggled. Phil Mickelson he overshot greens. He wasn't precise on his irons. His putting he he was coming up short. He just wasn't aggressive on running. His 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 putting all week actually was was pretty suspect. Phil Mickelson and uh, that came back to really get him. And uh, he just made mistakes, but you got to give it to Justin Rose, man. I mean, on that 18th hole, on that 17th and 18th hole stretch, Rose to go even par and almost chip in his birdie. I mean, Rose, in my view, really won the golf tournament by parring those last two holes. And uh, you got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, even on that shot at 18, with all the pressure, he hit a perfect drive. And then his, and then he hit like a three wood that that almost stuck the green. And that that 18 full at Marion, that's a par four, is in most cases and in, in almost all other tournaments a par five. And many players who actually voiced their complaints that it wasn't a par five. And Rose, under that much pressure, to be that accurate with the golf ball. And to par those two challenging holes with all that pressure, all that adrenaline and nervous energy going through your body, that just shows how much work Rose put in, that his swing is pretty much second nature. And when he was under the gun in the last couple holes of this tournament, you just saw him really thrive and succeed. And that's what really a true champion's all about. Someone who practices that much, that when it comes time for winning time, they're able to convert through second nature. You saw Ray Allen do that, even though Ray Allen's three-pointer that we're talking to earlier in the show was a hurried shot without much pressure because people didn't expect him to, to uh, people, you know, it wasn't a prepared shot like a free throw. Justin Rose, all his golf shots are prepared. Still, you got to give it up to the guy. Um, it was a great U.S. Open. It was suspenseful. Mickelson was in the hunt again. Um, and uh, and here, you know, that's well. say about it. The time flew in the second segment. We want to thank everybody for listening to Bruce the Sports Doc. We'll be back in three minutes with another segment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal 
injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. Wanted to thank Spencer the Wizard for his contribution to the first two segments today. Firstly, dealing with NHL, the Philadelphia Flyers, and the second segment, dealing with Major League Baseball, a little bit of an around the league. Now, it's time to get back to the exciting field of regenerative medicine. We're going to get into the background theory and protocols as recently discussed at the American Academy of Osteopathic Prolotherapy and Regenerative Medicine. This was a fascinating conference that was held in Naples, Florida. And we give a shout out to the, uh, the Naples Beach and Golf Resort for hosting a wonderful conference. We want to introduce the listening audience to the field of regenerative medicine. And I believe, as a pain doctor and a sports doctor, what you'll see is you're going to be seeing the field of prolotherapy and understanding the the theories of tissue healing and regeneration, 
many of which are emerging, experimental, and unproven, but some of which, including our historic glucose prolotherapy with hypertonic glucose solutions, have clearly been shown in numerous research protocols. PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma, is a type of prolotherapy that we'll talk about. And then a new emerging form of of therapy has to deal with uh, grafting of fat and bone marrow in order to harvest, when we say harvest, it means to essentially transplant mesenchymal stromal cells, which are found densely in fat and bone marrow, and essentially replaced as allografts in damaged tissue sites. I want to be very clear that any talk about that is in its infancy. Certainly there are some small anecdotal reports of excellent results, but the FDA is very strict in that it precludes doctors in the United States from manipulating or culturing any stem cells or similar uh, similar materials. When we're talking, we're not at all talking about the, the embryonic stem cells, which is a very hot issue politically and via regulation. We're talking about uh, we're talking about theories here and very interesting theories, and we're going to watch them closely. The real godfather of fat is Robert Alexander, MD, DMD, who hails from the fine state of Montana and who's been doing fat harvesting and fat grafting for over 30 years. So I had, it was a real pleasure having the chance to attend lectures, seminars, and demonstrations by Dr. Alexander, and also a very impressive lady, Donna Alderman D.O., who hails from the, the very funky state of California, also with fine lectures, very discreet methods, and also some seminars. So we're going to be talking here in this segment about what is regenerative medicine. The real cornerstone of regenerative medicine deals with prolotherapy. Prolotherapy, as defined in Webster's Dictionary, is the rehabilitation of an incompetent structure, such as a ligament or tendon, by the induction of proliferation of new cells. So therefore, most prolotherapy involves the injection of a solution at the point where the bone interfaces with the ligaments and tenderness, I mean, ligaments and tendons, and where they attach to the bone. So the classic injection point is on bone in the teaching, in the seminars, and in the lectures, and and also, obviously, the demonstration is to inject the needle right to the bone, but to have a very intimate and thorough knowledge of neuroanatomy. The history of prolotherapy goes all the way back to the 5th century B.C. by Hippocrates himself. He would treat unstable joints by cauterizing the ligaments with a hot metal rod. As we move into the 1900s, there is Dr. Gedney, 
who expanded the technique by injecting the collateral ligaments of unstable knees and found these treatments to be successful. And this evolved through the 1900s to the point where there was injection of sodium salicylate, which is a mixture of fatty acids, and this was used in dental medicine. And the originator of modern-day prolotherapy is Dr. Hackett. The Hackett-Hemwell prolotherapy is typically given every three to six weeks to proliferate the inflammatory cascade. And that is, putting it in English, if there is a loose tendon or a weak joint, weak ligament, the purpose of prolotherapy is to actually create an inflammation. What that does is it basically acts as a call to arms, as a signal for the body to begin local healing of that area. So there are different types of prolotherapy. So prolotherapy involves injecting materials, solutions, into a patient. The classic is the Hackett-Hemwell prolotherapy, which involves dextrose, which is a sugar solution, and it hypertonic means that it's a high concentration of sugar between 12.5 to 25%. The injections are given to in and around the painful or injured areas and classically on the bone at the interface between the ligaments and tendons. So you've heard, if you've heard my show, then you've heard about platelet-rich plasma injections. We offer platelet-rich plasma injections to selected patients at Grossinger Neuropaid Specialists. PRP involves the injection of concentrated platelets, which are taken directly from the patient, spun down, and immediately re-injected into the areas of tissue damage. The average platelet count is 250,000 platelets per deciliter. However, when we concentrate the platelets, we expect at least four times, or one million platelets per DL, which is considered the benchmark for therapeutic PRP. The newest and most unproven, although potentially the most exciting treatment, involves using adipose tissue or bone marrow. At this point, Grossinger paid specialist hasn't yet evolved to using this type of prolotherapy. However, some of the giants of this prolotherapy include Robert Alexander, MD, who's been doing this for 30 years, Dr. Joseph Perita, who practices in Miami, Florida, who is known for treating Bartolo Colon, the, uh, the ageless pitcher in the MLB, and who's responsible for rejuvenating Mr. Collode's career. Donna Alderston in California has clinics in Los Angeles and San Francisco, and she's been reporting and 
writing articles on her clinical practice, and we're certainly following her very closely. As many of the prolotherapy practices are evolving to use PRP, and some to even use adipose or bone marrow therapy. The theory, and again I say theory, is that there's a high concentration of autologous adult mesenchymal stem cells from either the individual's bone marrow or fat. Again, the, the, uh, the FDA is very strict and appropriately so, and it is illegal for doctors in the United States to manipulate stem cells or to culture stem cells. That apparently is done outside of the United States where the uh, regulations are, are, are not as strict, particularly in Germany. If you recall, Alex Rodriguez went to have a PRP that involved some degree of culturing before he had his joints ejected, and his report is that PRP was helpful. Other athletes to have platelet-rich plasma ejection, as we've covered. Tiger Woods, who had knee surgery, also had PRP at the same time. Heinz Ward, receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, underwent a PRP procedure to his knee, and this enabled him to return to the field of play in order to participate in the Super Bowl. So if you think of prolotherapy as injecting a solution or a substance in order to promote inflammation and to essentially recruit growth factors and other immune cells, then you have the beginnings of the understanding of this type of therapy. And and according to Dr. Purita, the future of orthopedic medicine, the future is that we're going to be healing people by injections and not using scalpels. And certainly patients in my practice are very amenable to that idea. And again, there's always going to be a role for surgery for the scalpel. And there is an evolving field of regenerative medicine. And my job as your host, and hopefully also in order to entertain and enlighten at the same time, is to report on these evolving techniques. Also, we also do report on some other individuals, physicians, who are uh, who we believe are misusing some of this technology in fairness and on balance. So at any event, this segment flew by. Stay tuned for the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc and In Absentia, Spencer the Wizard. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the final segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm a board-certified neurologist and pain practitioner in the Philadelphia metropolitan area. I, along with four other physicians, am available to treat you for your pain, whether it be headaches, neck pain, or orthopedic pain. We try to heal using a collaboration of physical therapy, medications, and tra- traditional medical techniques, and we also involve a host of what could be considered alternative practitioners. We collaborate with acupuncturists, massage therapists, chiropractors, and we believe that treating the body as a whole is better than trying to isolate certain body body systems and eliminating others. Today's show deals with the evolving field of regenerative medicine and prolotherapy. 
want to give accolades to Dr. Mark Johnson, MD. He's the new Journal of Prolotherapy Editor-in-Chief, a very impressive and articulate speaker. That, no- that noise you just heard, the banging, was my 23-pound cat, Beastly, barging into our studio and breaking through a very solid cherry door. That was very impressive, Beastly. Welcome to the show. Notice he's very silent. Sorry for the divergence. Dr. Johnson received his undergraduate degree from Emory University and is a classically trained urological surgeon. Six years ago, he left surgical practice to practice prolotherapy full-time. I had the pleasure of attending a lecture by Dr. Johnson, and I'll report that to you now. Dr. Johnson teaches that prolotherapy as an important clinical tool Therefore, injections of various materials, whether they be hypertonic sugar solutions, whether it be platelet-rich plasma or derivations of fat or bone marrow, according to Dr. Johnson, this is a missing link in medicine. So he believes there's a disease process right under our nose that is poorly understood by the medical community at large. And thanks to observations of him successfully treating thousands of painful joints with prolotherapy, he believes that he has a fairly clear understanding of the disease process. He believes that the majority of musculoskeletal problems, which are treated by a host of specialists, including neurologists like myself, orthopedic surgeons, neurosurgeons, chiropractors, and pain clinic physicians actually deal with what he would call CTDS, connective tissue damage syndrome. And this has to deal with various ligaments and tendons. And just by way of teaching, the tendons connect muscles to bone and ligaments connect bones to bone. So according to Dr. Mark Johnson, The scenarios involve real people who have been successfully treated by Dr. Johnson. And he outlines his basis for treatment, his techniques, and also his theories of using prolotherapy in treating pain and also also improving the function of orthopedic structures, including joints, ligaments, and tendons. Until the 1950s, ligaments were believed to be a significant source of bodily pain. And the reason was, anatomically, there's a very high nerve density in ligaments and tendons. Therefore, damage to these structures would be expected to cause significant symptoms and pain. So, the theory of ligaments being associated with joint pain seemed to wane in the 1950s. And this seemed to dovetail with the emergence of some of our imaging techniques. And as we moved into the more recent decades, the enlightenment 
or the over-preoccupation with MRI and CAT scan, according to Dr. Johnson, really gave rise to uh, waning, basically going back to the dark ages, not using clinical medicine, not actually palpating the structures. And Dr. Johnson in his lecture explained how many of the patients who come to his clinic in Tennessee literally have never really been fully examined by a doctor. They would sit at a desk, look at MRIs, never actually palpate for tender points, range of motion, checking weakness and neurological examination features. And so Dr. Johnson, certainly I join him in saying the any tests in medicine, MRIs, EFGs, anything, have to logically extend from the clinical exam. And Dr. Johnson, I would say, is, is, is brilliant and also somewhat of a maverick and that he has not ordered an imaging study in six years. He has not ordered or reviewed any x-rays, MRIs, or CAT scans and bases his treatment on a very careful clinical examination and using prolotherapy as the cornerstone. So if we use the analogy that ligaments, which connect bone to bone, they function like steel cables. So let's say there are small breaks or fraying of the ligaments. This will physically place more pressure on the rest of the ligament, stretching it, and also stretching the nerves within the fibers. This causes both localized pain, which means pain at the site, and also referred pain elsewhere. So a doctor must not be confused by a referred pain network and must be tuned into the stretchiness in the nerve supply in the ligaments and tendons. So, Doc Johnson would say, let's look at a common malady, tennis elbow, otherwise known as lateral epicondylitis. It was called tendonitis or tendon inflammation. And biopsy structures showed that there, were, there was no inflammation within the tendon itself. So then tendonitis became tendinosis. And this became a term for a degenerative or degenerating tendon, one which is aging. So Doc Johnson reports on the different types of presentations of connective tissue damage, that is damage to ligaments and tendons. So there's pain with use of a structure. There's pain continuously with progression of damage. We would call that the overuse syndrome. Certainly that mechanism holds with many injuries to the different structures, the hands, the elbows, the knees, and the spinal structures. And how does it present? Tension, spasm, weakness, trigger points. Also, neurological symptoms, aching, numbness, tingling, pins and needles. Also, something called RSD, which involves the uh, deranged autonomic nervous system, and also some of the reported changes that we've all seen as pain doctors with weather changes and stress-sensitive symptoms. So again, we're reporting on the findings of Dr. Mark Johnson from Tennessee in his presentation to the American Academy of Osteopathic Prolotherapy and Regenerative Medicine. And this was a 2012 conference held in Naples, Florida.
The ligament referral systems were mapped out by Dr. George Hackett and published in the 1950s. These referral patterns, which are very detailed and can be seen in diagrams, suggest that these referred symptoms are almost always misattributed to nerve compression. And certainly as neurologists, we see patients that have problems with the low back and hip ligaments and who have normal MRIs, normal EMGs, but yet they have an elusive, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a large amount of these people out there who have problems with the connective tissues, the ligaments and tendons. Dr. Johnson believes that most knee problems are due to ligament damage and laxity. Laxity means loose in the sense that these tendons and ligaments degenerate over time and become dysfunctional. Usually, damage to the meniscus is preceded by laxity of the ACL. In Dr. Johnson, Dr. Mark Johnson believes that the most important physical test is for the doctor to do something we call a drawer sign. That's like the drawer that you slide out in your furniture. And that involves actually um, having the patient sit and to actually see if there is a sliding forward of the knee with careful palpation. And this laxity, which means looseness of the ACL, can be treated by prolotherapy injections. So, Dr. Johnson primarily uses dextrose as his go-to injection. And that is a, uh, a fairly benign substance. I think we all agree with that. And he usually mixes uh, some local anesthetic in with his dextrose and injects the precise points where he believes there's wear and tear, wear and tear and where there's damage to ligaments and tendons. So this is um, certainly exciting. We'll be reporting intermittently with respect to prolotherapy and some of the research that will be evolving. And what we really need in the field of prolotherapy and regenerative medicine is good research. We need prospective studies. We need well-controlled studies. And we need accurate reporting. So... Today really flew by. I wanted to thank my co-host, Dr. Spencer Grossinger, for his contributions in the first part of the show with respect to NHL playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, and MLB. And we also want to give a shout-out to Dr. Mark Johnson, the new director of the Journal of Prolotherapy. And we want to thank all the fine doctors, including Dr. Chris Davis and Dr. Brian Scheipel, Two leaders in the field of prolotherapy who practice right in Springfield, Pennsylvania, a stone's throw away from your humble host. This has been Dr. Bruce Grossinger, Bruce the Sports Doc, with Spencer the Wizard, signing off, and have a great week. We'll speak to you next week on Voice America Sports. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. 
Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. We'll see you then.